0: Live from the ESPN 690 Ajar Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane.
1: Some of the stuff that ha- that, that is, is said on TV, you know, because hey, somebody told them that. Or, you know, when when Mel and Todd are doing a, a mock draft, you know, it's not what they would do. It's what. They think other people are gonna do. Right. And so
0: you're relying on information at that point and trying to figure out if it's real or not is really difficult.
1: I got nothing.
2: Uh, that was uh I'm half listening. Hasselbeck. Yep. Impressive. I'm bummed at myself right now, not gonna lie. hmm I let us down today. Cause we didn't get Daniel Jeremiah on. Yeah.
3: I let us down every day, so.
2: Yeah. We were supposed to call him. Should I play I the wait? It. Do you Do you want me to? play... Do you want which me one? Play? Off the rails. Give him, <laughs> yeah, which one give him off win? the
1: rails and then give him the because <laughs> Brent didn't run a four. Give him all three.
2: All
3: right, here we go. Here we go. Oh, hold on. I wasn't ready. There we go. Yep. And then.
0: What was it?
1: There it is. I feel better.
2: Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I don't feel any better.
1: well, at least we got new
2: t-shirts out of it. (laughs) Nah, not yet. I got to get in the mood.
1: (laughs) Uh, I'll do it. (laughs) Did did you want me to come in? So so what percentage of it was Daniel? Is any percent of it Daniel Jeremiah's fault where I can
2: go at him right now? Nothing? No, it's all my fault. They oh, told me, I've been okay. communicating. I'm telling you, the folks at the NFL network are really good. Like, they've been, they're really helpful and they've been trying to get them on. And I've been working on it for, shoot, a couple of months, you know, yeah. just before the draft, a bunch of different people trying to get on. And, uh, you know, I, I usually, I knew he was coming on today, but a lot of the folks will call in. And some you have to call, right? Kuz knows that. He has to call them or, or right. we'll call in. Sure. And so I, I just, I missed the part where it said, can you give him a call at such-and-such number? And I thought he was calling in. And Kuz even asked me, like in the break. I was like, no, don't worry about it. He's calling in. Mm. (laughs) That's how much it was in my mind. Uh, I blew it, guys. I mean, I just flat-out blew it. I feel like I just missed a three-foot putt in a a big tournament, and we just lost something. Yeah, I mean,
1: uh, you know, uh, I know you uh, haven't had
2: that feeling, but
1: no, I, <laughs> no, I mean, I've I've had feelings of, of uh, you know, of, of blowing it in sporting events, to say the least, uh, <laughs> on national television. So yeah, no, I, I get what you're coming from, but hey, we'll, I, uh... we'll get him back on. It ain't the biggest loss in the world.
2: I was no, nah, well, I, I I hate to uh, do that anyway for his time because maybe they blocked out some time just for us. He probably has like mm-hmm. 50 million people calling, you know, sure, and, and for our listeners, I think I think DJ's awesome. Like I really do. I think he's he's one of the best out there we did have about it we did
3: have uh timmy comment on the chat and said damn you brent (laughs) yep
2: i messed (laughs) it up i I messed it up what i will say is
3: i've been playing a lot of uh rory mcelroy pga golf on my xbox to get in the mood for is that a new one the masters no okay it's an old one okay and uh yeah i missed i missed a pretty easy putt in the in the video game last night so i I feel like i can relate
1: who's gonna relate we're all here brent what's the support
2: group Thank you. Yep. Hopefully, I, as long as DJ thinks that uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to save the organization, then that's all I need to hear him say at some point over the next few weeks, and I feel better.
3: You could you could just email them and say our our idiot producer forgot to call you, and see if that might like spark I, them know, feeling
2: bad enough to give us another cru- hour. Cruz, Cruz. Listen, you were doing your due diligence, man. This is, <laughs> this isn't your battle right now. I I think I could have done that. I could have easily blamed you, Kuz. Yeah. I just want to let you know I took full responsibility. I I I, I didn't do that this time.
3: <laughs> <laughs> See that? But that's what I
2: feel like. That's like what what I'm here for. I feel like when that's
3: like what you're supposed to do.
2: <laughs> oh man. Well, anyway, we'll get some more guests. Hopefully, I don't screw up any more guests because we've got stuff <laughs> planned over the next few weeks. Uh, uh I, listen. How much of what I just said before the break? And this is kinda of what I want to ask him about because you know, Jeremiah's been in, in those buildings in the scouting uh, meetings and, and and he's been around this stuff. But when you have twenty five, thirty three and forty five picks in the draft like the Jags do I I wonder how they put that on the board. That's unusual, you know. know, Not too many people get that. It's like they they obviously have two first-rounders, but it's like you have a third. And you have so many picks high. And you can include 65, but I'm kind of shoving that one to the side. But when you have that many, you know what you're doing at one. And you have these three other picks that you really feel strongly about making your team better for the foreseeable future if you get it right. I really just how, I wonder how much they prioritize and how much do you think Austin, this goes into being like, Hey, we could take a receiver here at 25, but we think that guy is going to drop uh, a little bit longer. We might be able to get him at 33 or the idea of doing what like Baltimore did to go up and get Lamar Jackson where you package a couple of things, get back in the first round one more time, if that makes some sense. So like all these scenarios got to be on a board somewhere in Jags headquarters. And that's what I think is fascinating, because much like the Jags haven't had the number one overall pick ever before, I don't know if they've had – I'll have to go back and look, but it doesn't feel like they've had this bunch of picks with the 25-33-45 mixed between that late first round and early second.
1: Yeah, I mean, listen, let's go ahead and put our imagination hats on real quick here, and let's play out these scenarios. Let's say – with what or why would Jacksonville package some of their later, maybe oh I say later, but you know maybe their first couple, second round picks, or maybe like a later third round pick? Why would they package them up? Maybe with a first round pick as well, twenty five to move up. Obviously, Kyle Pitts is if he falls, he's one of the options. We talk about that all the time. I think Pennell Sewell, if if he was to drop, I think that's an option. I also think with going by what Urban Meyer has said, like no, I think they want Kadarius Tony so much where. Is he a risk of going to number 22, the Jaguars trade up? I don't think so. Because once again, like, it could be a need, but it's not that big of a need. But I think that, you know, and once again, I'm not sure how this draft is going to shake out. But if, and I say one of the three, you know, whether, whether it's Chase or, or two of the, the Alabama receivers, if one of those guys, more likely probably one of the Alabama receivers, was to fall Past 11 or 12, let's just say. Once again, this is all theoretically. But if that was to happen, would you know? Would you trade up for that if you're Urban Meyer? And I don't have the answer to that. Um, you know, the safety position, we know about the, the safety position with Merrick. But I don't think they actually trade up to try to get Merrick. I think they're expecting Merrick to follow them if he's there. So when we look at it, Kyle Pitts... Maybe an Alabama receiver. Maybe if this draft becomes draft becomes all wonky and you know the Bengals pass up on a tackle and they take maybe Kyle Pitts, Sewell, those to me like are the four options of where Jacksonville might trade up, use some of that draft equity to get a guy that maybe they have their eye on.
2: Yeah, I, I and wouldn't that be fun? Sure, <laughs> why not? Don't you think there's an element of this like give me some fun on draft night? And what's interesting is the, it's a lot of fun. The Jags have Trevor Lawrence, but there's no, there's no drama, secrecy, there's no suspense. Like we know it's that. Does that take away from draft night a little bit? That we know there's no suspense around Trevor Lawrence and we're jumping back in and all of a sudden you'd be like, there's been a trade and the Jags have made a move. That would get everybody amped up, you know. What did they do? Why did they make a trade back in the first round? We just haven't seen a lot. Again, we saw it for a move up to Blaine Gabbert. We've seen it before. This last regime, we saw it a little bit in the second round, a couple of spots. Miles Jack, I believe Cam Robinson uh, was moved up a spot or two as well to get. Wasn't John Taylor as well? Uh, Jawan Taylor might have been as well. So they've yeah. moved up and positioned themselves a little bit just to get in front of one team they thought might take their guy. Sure. But I'm thinking like more like what what Baltimore did would really get you fired up. Like if you're a Baltimore fan that year, and I understand they're not coming back in to get a quarterback, but if you're a Baltimore fan that year, like oh, okay, well we'll see you tomorrow, and then all of a sudden they're like, wait, well, hey, Baltimore just made a move, traded up. Like oh, dang, you know you get that little rush of excitement as a fan. I think that really would be fun. And they have the ability to do it. And like we keep saying, Austin, whether it is moving back in the first round, and I don't know if that's necessary with a 25 and a 33, but moving up at all in this draft makes some sense. The Jacks stayed pat last year. They had 12 picks. They used them all. They didn't move around. They didn't move up. They didn't go get anybody. That was odd. Like, I thought for sure they would have got somebody. I think with 11 picks this year, whatever it is, I think they have the ammunition to do it and maybe not enough roster spots to sit and hold all those draft picks.
1: Exactly. I think this is. They actually they do move up and they make some splashes because once again this is you know this is the very first draft of Urban Meyer and while he's not the GM his name's going to be tied all over this thing so why not have some exciting stuff because like so far everything that Urban Meyer has done in the city of Jacksonville since the day he signed. You know, no, no, no. Granted, obviously this is the situation with the guy from Iowa. Yeah, that was a bad optic. But for the most part, everything Urban Myers has done, it, it's been exciting. He's given us peeks behind the curtain of of what's going to transpire. That's exciting. Free agency, that was exciting. Even when we thought, oh, you ain't get a tight end. What do you guys do? Oh, it was still exciting. You got get a lot of players coming in here, offense and defense alike. So so far, the trend of Urban Myers, he's made some pretty splashy, exciting moves. Let's keep that momentum going now. You know, and like you said, Brett, like, in terms of Miles Jack, when Miles Jack fell, essentially, and then the Jaguars, I think, traded up to get him, like, that was an exciting move. Because we all thought that Miles, or at least I thought, that Miles Jack was a first-round talent. Like, we all said it. Well, what was the risk? What was his knee? His his knee's a ticking time bomb. Well, they must have fused it because his knee's fine today. So, those are, those can be exciting things. And, once again, we're not sure how this draft is going to shake out. Is Pitt's going to fall? Probably not. Is Sewell going to fall? Probably not. Are any of the Alabama receivers going to fall? Probably not. But I just said four probably nots. One of those could, in fact, might come true.
2: I agree um, with what you're saying. And I I love when you go back to the Miles Jack draft because that's the one that is front and center in my mind the most. Uh, You know, I think about all these drafts, and I've been at a lot of them and the Miles Jack story was huge i remember doing some radio hits in chicago in a hotel room and saying miles jack i think might be the best player in this draft mm. now i'm not sh- it hasn't played out that way right um but also all the knee scare stuff that hasn't played out either knock on wood so um and again, a lot of that knee stuff, remember, was the second contract and how long he could play in the league. And what are we going on with him, Austin? Uh, year six, right? I believe so, yeah. 18, 19, 2021. 20, yeah, year six. So I, that's what I, I love that we've covered so many of these drafts. We've seen the good and the bad for the Jags. And I know there's been a lot more bad, but we've also seen some pretty good. And that whole draft really was, was amazing. You know, and when we go back, remember 2035, we have the uh, uh, Jacksonville uh, documentary we're doing. Uh, you know, on Saxonville, Yeah. and uh, when we do that, I think a lot of that will stem from 2016 draft because the way Jalen Ramsey fell to the Jags, now they were going to get a good player no matter what, but then on top of that, that whole thing where you saw Miles Jack slide, and that was the story of that draft. It's like, where's he going to go? Where's he going to go? How far is, oh my gosh, he's out of the first round. Are you kidding me? And I'm sitting there, I'm telling people, like the day of, and that day, I was like, I think he's the best player in the draft. And here he goes sliding out of the first round. And then the Jags to go up and get him, and feel like they got so much value for the upside of that player. And uh, we don't know where Miles' career is headed yet. Uh, he's coming off his best year. He's he's re-signed with the team, and now that looks like a smart move. But, he's now playing. Yeah. Uh, we'll see what happens with his position. But I love that story of the draft is what I'm getting at. This is less about Miles and the story of the draft, and with the capital that you have and the movement that you can make, the Jags find themselves in that position where they can get value. They can get. Um, some really good players in these first four picks.
1: And the same thing can be said about Jawan Taylor as well. Because remember, a lot of mock drafts had Jawan Taylor go number seven to the Jacksonville Jaguars. This was a first-round guy. The Jaguars needed talent. People are saying Jawan Taylor's going number seven. What happens to him? He falls out of the first round because well, once again, an injury, and teams were turned off by it. Well, what does Jacksonville do? They trade up with, I think those was the Raiders, and they get drawn Taylor. Now, once again, we'll see how the, you know, how the whole draft pick of John Taylor works out, and we'll see how it plays out. But I remember at that time watching the draft, there was excitement there because you essentially got a guy who I thought you might be getting at number seven, and all of a sudden you trade up and get him in the second round. Like that was big for them.
2: All right, I'm feeling a little bit better. Uh, Daniel Jeremiah has reached out and said, "No worries." I don't think he, I don't know if he really means it, but he said, "No worries." Um, we're working on maybe getting <laughs> probably DJ'd, copy and pasted it. <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe get DJ back next week, <laughs> so we'll see. This probably happens um, to
1: him all the time, Brent. He literally just copy and pasted a message. Oh, all right, this guy wants. All right, here we go. No worries, so and so. Fill in the blank.
2: Yeah, well, he didn't even fill in the blank. Just put no worries, but didn't uh, even say her name. No. No, oh, copy and pasted. <laughs> but copy I, and pasted. I just I feel a little bit better. I feel like I feel a little bit cathartic now that we've talked it out. I've emailed my apologies and we're going to make an effort to try again even though I screwed hang on. it up. Hey hang on.
1: okay, and, and listen, we understand you screwed it up, mistakes happen. Not a big deal. Like I'm literally not gonna lose an ounce of sleep over it. Hopefully we get Daniel Jeremiah back on. You obviously had a pretty heartfelt apology to him, right? Yes I did. How many sentences?
2: Uh, Just three. Okay. Should I read it? Sure. Uh, let's see what I say. Hey, man. Brent Mortno in Jacksonville. I screwed up. Yep. For some reason, I thought you were calling in that said right in the email we we're supposed to call you. Yep. My fault. Sorry to waste your time. Mm-hmm. I'll tell Andrew I'm sorry as well. Andrew's guide's helping me set it okay, up. Okay, good. I,
1: I That's like, it. I, I like how you said my fault uh, and not my bad. Right? I mean, my, my fault. It takes responsibility. But here's the thing. Okay, I didn't so, blame Kuz. So that was because it wasn't his fault, though, was it? So you didn't. T- okay. So you uh you you messaged him that, and it was nice, heartfelt. I like that apology. And he responded back with what? No worries. No worries. It? And that's it? And that's <laughs> well, it? he's
2: on TV right now.
1: Brent, answer the question. You gave him three heartfelt, thought-out sentences. I'm sure you wanted to write something else. You deleted it. You thought. You sat there. You thought about it for a while. And then you had your Larry Bird friends in the back talking <laughs> about Larry Bird. We live in the glory days. You're like, guys, i got to focus here on the task at hand. I'm trying to write DJ an email. I'm sure you call him DJ as well. So then you-, you put that message out there, and he responds, with a no worries. W- was there an emoji? Was there a, a period, an exclamation point? Anything to go off of? Nothing no to go nope. Didn't even finish the sentence? No. Nope. Didn't even have the audacity or didn't even give you just, you know, the time to finish the sentence. Just a no worries email.
2: No worries. He's on TV, man. I mean, he's, he's probably in the middle of a hit right, right now on set and still taking the time e- to email his buddy. Br- I mean, text his buddy. E- y- you, got, <laughs> y- you got copy pasted. <laughs> hey, hey! <laughs> listen, listen this I is, heard the copy and paste. I mean, I deserved
1: listen, it. This, okay, man, but I, I'm gonna tell you right now. I think you need to put a little more stock into Shocker Mock and a little less stock into Daniel Jeremiah if he's going to copy and paste messages. That's all I'm saying. Do whatever you want to do, man. You can. This, this is your journey. Don't let or I get in the way. But I'm just saying, when you write a heartfelt message, and I'm watching TV right now, he's not on it, so relax. And when he writes you a one-word th- or two words, no worries, no exclamation point, no period, no emoji, just that...
2: If it was me, I would take it as a sign of disrespect. But that's just <laughs> me, Brent. That's just me. Okay? I just took—I stole 10 minutes of his time where he didn't even get- have to answer question. I'd hate to be waiting. Brent? I had the furniture uh, people told me they were going to drop furniture off at my house yesterday, and I'm still waiting.
1: <laughs> I'm just saying, if somebody gave me the old no worries with no period, no sentence ender, I know that's not a really a, a word, but I forgot what you call the word to end a sentence, whatever, didn't do good in English, I'd be a little upset. I'll take it as a sign of disrespect, and I and, and I'd probably and, and if we're being honest, Brent, if we're being 100% honest, I'd probably clap back on him on Twitter. Now that's me, that's me though, right? Like that's how I live my life. We're different people. Yeah. That's you what makes away. this show so great. So you do yeah, whatever you want to do.
2: True. You stay away from Daniel Jeremiah. <laughs> we'll see. All right? Uh, hey,
1: hey, hey. <laughs> tell them to stay away from me, though, and stay away <laughs> from my from my mock draft thing. Shock your mock. The Thank o- you. Well,
2: of course, the only reason I want any of these guys on is to give me their draft evaluation of Austin Lane on a Murray State. Sure. sure. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. The, the draft evaluation <laughs> that they can't even remember. Oh, he was a class
2: citizen. Model citizen. <laughs> Good guy. Never got any problems. Okay. Okie dokie. Yeah. All right. Because uh, the whole setup of that uh, before Austin rudely interrupted was, I'm now ready for the happy hour horn.
1: Ah, no worries.
2: The Vida de Luis! The good vibes!
3: Taste the islands and every drop of Vida
0: de Luis tequila. 100% Blue Agarda. From Tequila, Mexico.
2: Good vibes. It's a celebration! Vita de Luis tequila. Check them out at com. Blanco, Reposado, and Yeho as well. Find out where you can get a bottle. VitaDeLouie.com. Taste of the islands in every drop. Support local, locally owned. From tequila, Mexico to Jacksonville Beach. Vita de Luis tequila. Check it out. Hey, i got to share this story. Um, a couple of stories. You want to know how much is going on here? I actually asked. So I, I did a TV thing from my phone. Technology is incredible. Mm-hmm. And I asked one of the waitresses here, actually, looks like my photographer. Okay, so that's what's been going on here this afternoon. Okay. We've, we've down to those depths. She was very nice. Uh, Wait, by the so way, you, did, you did a spot on your phone? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Dang. So I have a I have a microphone that can hook up to the phone and then this kind of the the light is so good yeah. that you won't you watch that on TV you wouldn't even be able to tell the difference I don't think unless you got a trained eye. Hmm. Uh we'll see how it really the bigger thing is how did it go through when I sent it because uh. the the um connection wasn't great. Mm-hmm. So uh but I would assume that if they put it on TV it probably looked fine. But it's amazing, right? That's just technology. So that's a little bit of behind the scenes of what's going on here today <laughs> as I wrestle with myself all afternoon, uh, but I I spoke about the furniture place, and this has an upside and a downside. So we got new furniture. We, I told you we did redid the living room, and the floors, and and uh, we got a new TV. Mm. Already went through the TV shopping. Then we did the family room floors and stuff. But so the whole thing started with a couch. Like we needed a new. We had a sectional. And it was peeling off, right, from sweat, wear, tear, whatever it was. And so it was it was really not good looking. Um, not that I really care about because I don't entertain a lot of people, but it seriously wasn't that good looking. And <laughs> so I was like, we need a new couch. I mean, come on, let's go. And, uh, well, we did everything else, and now we saved the couch for last. So this weekend we went and got the couch. And, you know, if you're ordering furniture these days, because of the pandemic, there's a lot like that are way behind. Like, like six months behind, mm-hmm. four months behind in the manufacturer. Well, we picked the color out, um, and it didn't seem like an outrageous color, but they did have it in stock. So we get it on Tuesday. Well, the delivery time was between 3.45 and 5.45. So on Monday, I tried to tell them, I'm like, listen, we're not going to be there after 5 o'clock. The kids have games. Steph's not going to be there. I'm jumping out from radio. I did it yesterday from home and then going down the game. Okay. And, and they were like, well, 4.15 is their scheduled time to be there. They'll be okay. I'm like, all right, but I tried to tell you, like, I'm just telling you, yes, I know how this stuff fault. works, yes, right? Yes, like, yes. I've first done rodeo. deliveries before. Like, I used mm-hmm. to deliver fridges and washers and dryers and all this stuff, and I've done it, and you're never on time, okay? Yes, yes, yes. So uh, nothing to do. It's every place. It's not just one place, and, and this place doesn't advertise with us or anything, so it, it's uh, – I'm not going to say their name. But <laughs> so anyway, as as predicted, we check in again, and it's like 5:28. Mm-hmm. is the drop-off time mm-hmm. like can't do it so we cancel it on the phone like we told you that we couldn't do it so we cancel it we have to reschedule tomorrow well then they're like uh then steph said hey you know we could just ask the neighbors to come over and so i'll text them they said, yeah yeah they can do it okay good so they so we call back they're like hey don't worry about stopping it it's on stay on your your schedule um uh, there'll be somebody here so they said, okay, fine, be there. Uh, it's now looking at like a little like 5:45, 6 o'clock. Great. We get back from the games. I walk in the house and there's no furniture. And so I'm like, well, that's weird. Well, they have this thing that you can text ETA mm-hmm. uh, to a certain number and it will tell you when your delivery is coming. And so I text it, and it's like uh, your delivery is due at like 8:29. I'm like, okay, they must really be behind. They must have got stuck on a job. Sure. But they're really going to deliver this late. They still don't come. I text again eight fifty six. Text again 909-919. Now, Ty's like, are you talking to like a robot or something? Well, yeah. Because there's no way there's still this could this could be happening. They're still not delivering furniture at nine o'clock at night.
1: And, and listen, know? and me and Ty on the San Pedro now. At what point did you say maybe I should call this dude and see where he's at?
2: Well, the calling is ridiculous though. You sit on the, the wait for a half hour. It's nobody local that you talk to. Yeah. And so so anyway, here's the boy Okay. This guy sees that I'm texting this thing in the ETA and and he's the dispatcher. Okay. And he calls me and it's like, Hey sir, I just wanna let you know like you ain't <laughs> getting your furniture tonight. It's over. <laughs> it's done. And so he was very nice. He's like, I haven't seen this he said it said like you were supposed to get it but you didn't get it. Yeah. All this stuff. And I've been doing this for 14 years, he said. I hadn't seen this. Very nice guy. That's cool. Uh, and uh, so I appreciated him doing that, or I would have waited all night, kept texting that number. <laughs> no, for sure, for sure. Hey, but so when you talk to the guy, did you tell him no worries with no period? <laughs> but I want to tell you the other side of the story. So here's the other side of the story. He said, if we don't catch it in time tonight, okay, anything that was left on the truck goes back to Lakeland, the warehouse. So oh, they're wow. driving every night three hours back to the warehouse. I mean, and, and the moral of the story is, the furniture place has been calling inside the show, so I can't pick up the phone. Uh, I haven't rescheduled yet. My furniture's now back in Lakeland somewhere, and I'm sitting on the floor tonight watching the Red Sox beat the Rays. There you go, man.
1: Do what you gotta do. Hey, that's tedious. That that That's stressing me out right now. I'm not even part of the story, and I'm stressed out for you.
2: I got a lot going on today. You do have I mean, a I just, lot going on. I just came out here to enjoy the setting here at Osprey Cove Golf Club, play a few holes maybe. Have a fun radio show. And there's really a lot going on. Yeah. But a Masters is going on starting tomorrow. Austin Lane's picks are coming up. Can't wait for those. We'll have it on Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. Brent Martineau. I'm not the guy that likes to, like, be dramatic. Austin Lane. Well, you were almost by. in tears yesterday. <laughs> I was. so. Well, that was a little different.
0: Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690. The quarterback position is a developmental position and Trey Lance is going to take some time. I agree with Bart, you could win for today with Matt Ryan and develop for tomorrow with Trey Lance. How about this, the last five quarterbacks that were traded up into the top three were Mitch Trubisky, Sam Darnold, Jared Goff, Carson Wentz and RG3. Five for five, those quarterbacks are in the top three and if the three of us owned a team and we said we can look at the history of our sport and we can either take quarterbacks taken in the top three or everything else you know, if we're talking about the top three, we talk about Troy Aikman. We talk talk about Peyton Manning. And if we talked about everybody else, we talk about players like Drew Brees and Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre. There is a much more compelling argument about not drafting a quarterback than the top three. <laughs> when you look at the history of our sport, it's unbelievable when when you look at it over time. For every Andrew Luck and Vinny Testaverde and Peyton Manning, there's ten examples of non-top three quarterbacks that have gone on to have incredible careers.
1: Brent's not here right now. So the pressure is on me. And I'm going to say that guy was Mike Tannenbaum. Yes. Was it really? Yes. Not bad. Not bad. I'll take that dub. Brent was here to see it, but I'll take that dub. He brings up a great point. And it's something that I forgot when I even brought this up. This was like a year ago. It might have been, might have been with Gardner Minshew actually. When we're, tra- oh man, what not those the days? Kuz, of of Gardner Minshew being Minshew being your starting quarterback. You know the headband, the mustache, the jorts, and all this fun prestige and this intrigue. And we thought it was gonna be. I mean, at least I thought you know it, it was gonna last forever, man. And, and hopefully I, I wish it did, but unfortunately it didn't. But I, I remember. The whole narrative of people talking about, well, he's a six-round pick. Well, he's a six-round pick. And I think if my memory serves me right, I was comparing it because if you look at the first quarterback taken. By the way, I'm not trying to turn off Jaguars fans right now. I'm not trying to scare anybody. Like, we're all excited for Trevor Lawrence. We think Trevor Lawrence is going to do great things. Yes, he likes Justin Bieber. I like Gardner Minshew's music and dress more than Trevor Lawrence's, but that's okay. It's just one thing. I still like Trevor Lawrence. But I don't like Justin Bieber. But when we look at the, the the first quarterback taken of every draft class, if my memory serves me right, the last quarterback to actually win a Super Bowl and be the, first, uh, be the first quarterback of the draft class taken is Eli Manning. And Eli Manning, for all of you, I'm trying to see when he got drafted because that was a long time ago. Eli Manning was drafted back in... 2004, and, and, and mind you, he kind of you know right, he sat out because he didn't want to go to the Chargers, so there was that horror deal too. But if you want to look back at the first quarterback, take and technically you can say Eli Manning because like that's what I consider him. But if you want to take a look back at the first you know the first pick of the draft at the quarterback position taken to win a Super Bowl, you have to go back to 2004. I'll pre-myself one more time because to me it's a mind-boggling stat. The first quarterback of every draft, right? There's some great names out there. There's some solid guys. The last one to actually win a Super Bowl who was the first quarterback taken was Eli Manning in 2004. That's 17 years ago, everybody. Okay? Now, can Trevor Lawrence break the mold? Well, the mold's got to be broken sometime, right? Um, Streaks must come to an end. Eras must come to an end. And why not let it be Trevor Lawrence? I hope it's Trevor Lawrence. But I get what Mike Tannenbaum's saying here, where we we put so much precedence uh, and importance at the quarterback position like we should. It's the most important position in all professional sports. But when we think we're taking the best one with that one overall pick, or maybe the second best one or the third best one, how has that played out? Not so well. So to me, it's not really a lack of the quarterback position or it not being so important. To me, it's a lack of, all right, you have to do your proper evaluations, and more importantly, possibly, you have to make sure that you have the guys around him for that quarterback to succeed. The Russell Wilson effect, if you will. But this is the great thing about being a Jacksonville Jaguars fan right now. In my opinion... And I think in 99% of the opinions out there about this draft this year, you know who the number one quarterback is. There's no room for debate. There's no room for, well, Zach Wilson did this in a season. Well, Zach Wilson does this, and he wears a headband, and he, he plays backyard football, all this stuff. Come hell or high water... Is Trevor Lawrence going to win a Super Bowl? Listen, I hope so, right? But I think we can all agree it's going to be better than it's been the past decade, regardless of, of how Trevor Lawrence plays. I think we can all establish that right now. But the cool thing about what's about to transpire here in Jacksonville, there's not going to be any debate where it's like, well, maybe they should. No. Like, when the smoke clears and the dust falls, and however the Jacksonville Jaguars turn out in the next decade or so, we're going to be sitting there talking about how we had to take Trevor Lawrence. Like, the, that was the only option. Zach Wilson was never on the radar. Now, maybe Zach Wilson has a hell of a career. Who knows? Maybe he's the next Aaron Rodgers. Maybe he's the next Patrick Mahomes. But you know what we're going to be sitting at in a couple weeks. When the Jaguars number is number one and the pick is up, it's going to be Trevor Lawrence. And we're going to all breathe a sigh of relief when that happens. Because he is QB1. So I'm cool with it. Will Zach Wilson be a better quarterback than Trevor Lawrence? Time will tell. But a decade from now, like I said, when that smoke clears and the the rubble settles, at least we're all going to know, hey, man, we did what we had to do. We took Trevor Lawrence. Let's let the chips fall where they may. Because we got Brent back yet or might as freestyling right now. Brent is back? No, no, no. You're and That's what the thumb up meant. You gave me a thumb up like Brent was back and he's not. He's okay. Back. Okay. What, is it? Oh, he is back.
2: Listen. Back. Hey, man. Coos, <laughs> how about you make up your mind? <laughs> One of these days. I don't, yeah. Well, By the
1: way, did you change the stream chat thing again? Did you change the logo?
3: Oh, well, I had to move it because we had to cover up Brent's shot.
1: But so it moved. But no, I'm not. But I'm just saying, like the color did that change? It's still blue and white. Okay. Okay. Cool. Brent, well, welcome back, man. Thanks so much. I was I was giving a TED talk about uh, you know, really the when you look at the top quarterbacks taken every single year, and Mike Tannenbaum in the audio kind of related to this a little bit. You know, there hasn't been a lot of success. Um, Eli Manning is the you know the the first quarterback taken uh of a draft where he's actually won a Super Bowl, and that was. Heck, you know, uh, decades ago, let's just say. So, you know, there definitely, there is a little, well, you know, can Trevor Lawrence win the big one? But as I was saying, at the end of the day, regardless of if Zach Wilson's next Patrick Mahomes or not, like, we sit here and say you have to take Trevor Lawrence. Like, that, th- that's the hard part is is which quarterback do we take? Is, is it going to be Eli? Is it going to be somebody else? Like, with this draft, you know who you're taking, and I think a decade from now, regardless of how it pans out, you're not going to regret taking Trevor Lawrence because you really had no choice.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's exactly it. I mean, uh, there's no regrets in this move for the Jacksonville Jaguars. It's, it's, they are not going to – that's the best way to say this. It's not going to be Urban Meyer, Trent Baalke, Shad Khan that are wrong on this move. It's going to be Zach Wilson, Justin Fields, Mac Jones, whoever, that say you should have taken me instead. Because everybody in the Jags position would take Trevor Lawrence. I don't care what Chris Simms says. I don't care what these other guys say. They would all take Trevor Lawrence. And it's the right thing to do. It's the best move to make. It's the unquestionable move out there. So it's not that Joe Douglas outsmarted Trent Bulky and, and the Jags. If Zach Wilson's better, no, it's Zach Wilson turned into a better quarterback than Trevor Lawrence. And then how much that gap is, well, that's to be determined. You know, it, again, I go back with this class a lot to '83, Austin. And if you look at those players, a lot of good quarterbacks, man. So a lot of good quarterbacks, and each did their own thing. And who would you rather have? would you rather have a couple of Super Bowls for Melway and the career he had probably would you would you have put up with the player Dan Marino was for all those years? I think so <laughs> you know I mean and and there are more that you Jim Kelly you know he didn't win Super Bowls but he changed their franchise so I think now this is in the hands of the players Austin now it's in the hands of the coaches for development and putting the best around these guys. But I do feel like, uh, yeah, to your point, I mean, there's no decision to be made in that context. And now it's up to how the players play over the next 5, 10, 15, maybe even more years. Well put. That's kind of fun, by the way, if you're in that seat, because there's no pressure on you. Remember, like, Gil Brandt. no, was it Gil Brant? Did he see the one? Somebody else came out recently and said, like, I can't believe Meyer wasn't looking at Trey Lance and Zach Wilson and, no, the decision's done. There's no reason no, no, to do hang on, that. No, hang, no, hang, hang
1: on. Don't let Gil Brandt off the hook like that. He, he, he said something far more aggressive than that. Let me bring it up real quick, because we didn't talk about him yesterday, and I tweeted about it. Gil Brand said, if you pin me down and force me to pick between Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, I might pick Wilson. It's that close for me. Honestly, I'm surprised that Jaguars' new head coach didn't show up at BYU's Pro Day. Who's pinning you down? Why are you getting pinned down, Gil? <laughs> Gil, you're a Hall of Famer. No one's touching you. you. kidding me? What are we talking about,
2: Gil? we got to take a break. When we come back, we're talking about the Masters and the picks. What do you got? Sleeper and a favorite. It's a small field. Sleeper and a favorite. Simple as that. Next. Kuz, you be ready when we come back. Action Sports Chats on ESPN then Is there going to be another Tiger? No. But we didn't
0: think there would be another Jack in our lifetime. And... Tiger went above and beyond. I still think Jack is the greatest to ever play, but Tiger did more for the game. No doubt. And, yeah. and there is a difference. Yeah. You know? and so everyone just kick back, enjoy
2: the moment, enjoy the tournament. It is a tradition like no other. It's the just master. not going to have that, that Tiger man out there. I don't know who that was, but they're obviously talking about the Masters. That was Ian Fitzsimmons. Okay. Favorite and sleeper to win the Masters. Kuz, You yeah. are not a huge golf fan, right?
3: No, uh one of the things that'll probably come up in um in in the wedding in September is when Nicole and I first started dating, I asked her where the Masters was. Oh my god. And that didn't go over
1: very well. Like that. <laughs> She that's, almost broke up with me it, on the spot. That's got to go in the in the valise and the vows. <laughs> oh
2: <my laughs> that's ridiculous, sir. Yeah, that well, should go in the vows. I now know where Augusta. In, uh, we're in, the is in my, my defense, in my defense,
3: I knew all the other ones moved around, so I was like, "Where's that one at?" <laughs> <laughs>
2: Didn't go over I well. I guess that's a little bit of defense for you. I'm not <laughs> sure how much that is. No, hey, no. Good news for you, uh, Austin, the Brewers are leading in extra innings right now, 4 to 2, so there's that.
1: Nah, yeah. man, I completely, you know, the, the whole Daniel Jeremiah thing just
2: threw me for a loop, and I was yeah, so disappointed. Threw you for a loop. Yeah, I forgot to I check mean, in on him. It's unbelievable day today. I'm a mess. Uh, okay, but would uh, you relay?
1: It's not a big just messing with you, man. Bottom of the 8th oh, yeah. or bottom of tenth. Oof. Uh, <laughs> 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 the
2: 10th. Sorry. The. Uh Kuz, The reason I say that is you'll be I bet you watch some of the masters though. Saturday Sunday? Oh yeah, yeah, we'll watch it. I do think it's that event. Like Austin I understand like you're not a big golf guy. Yeah. Um but I do think there are events that we kind of find our our way to at least peeking at or watching. I'm not saying sit down there for 3 4 hours and watch, but uh and you might not even do that with this event, but I just like I feel like the Kentucky Derby is that event. And, uh, like, I like horse racing, so I'll go lock into the Kentucky Derby. But I think people kind of well, find their way, if they're at a sports bar, be like, hey, what's going on? That's the Kentucky Derby. Let's see who wins and see if it's exciting. I, I feel like the Masters has a little bit of that in it.
3: I would say it's a lot like um – Daytona 500 for me. Like, I don't watch racing at all, but the Daytona 500's on, so I'm going to put it on, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah, It's kind of like you don't want to miss it, right? You want to miss something big happen?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I think it really transcends golf fandom, per se, just because it's such a big deal. Just like, you know, the the Daytona 500 kind of transcends just like the hardcore NASCAR audience just because it is that big of an event.
2: Well, I think it's almost, I can relate to you as well, Austin, like, with the MMA. If Conor McGregor is fighting... Yeah. I find myself that night, there's so much buzz about it that I, I get tempted to buy it. Sure. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, because, I seriously yeah, get this. You just want to be a part of it. Yeah. Purchase the fight. Because I don't want to miss it, yep. even though I know, and this is what I end up telling myself Brent, it's going to be on Twitter in like five minutes after the fight. And this you is can true. see what the knockout was. Like, this is true. So now I kind of do that. But I do feel like the Masters in that way. Listen, I understand that everybody loves golf, and going to sit there for four hours. I, I get it. But it's that kind of event. Um, and and I even more than maybe the other majors. And listen, we love the players around here. I love the U.S. Open. I love the Open Championship. But I feel like even in tennis, man, Wimbledon has that. Is anybody doing that with the Australian Open? Probably not. But they might do it with Wimbledon a little bit. Yeah. They're like, hey, I wonder if Serena won Wimbledon. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, let's get to it. Uh, you got a pick, favorite, sleeper.
1: Oh, uh, am I going first, or who's going first?
2: Anybody can go first. Uh, by the way.
1: Colton Wong's in the game over one though. <clears throat> batting, batting 125 in the season. <laughs> it's a long season. It's a, it's batting a marathon, not a 125 in the season. Okay, go ahead, Goose.
3: Yeah, so uh, my two picks, I'm going to go with Jordan Spieth uh, because he's throwing around Bill Belichick quotes, so that kind of inspires me a little mm-hmm. bit, makes me think he, he's he's ready to go. Mm-hmm. And then I'm also going, uh, I think, it, Lee Westwood, because if oh. he wins, he would be the oldest. He would beat Nicholas's record, if I'm not mistaken. Brent, you can check me on that, but... Uh, If he were to win, he would be the oldest. So. Okay, cool. I think does he, he do would. a little homework? Yeah. Nice job. I think he would be. 40, okay, he'd be forty, Or he is 47.
2: 40. Okay, t- Nicholas was 46. So yes, yeah. and his birthday oh, right. is actually
3: 15-ish days after. I think it's the 26th of April afterwards. So. so he's
2: almost a 48. Yeah. Okay.
3: Hmm.
2: There you go. Good All right, job. I like hmm. it, man. Good homework and everything. Yeah. You're, right. Well, you're ready for the wedding, if not Augusta. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I know where it is now. What I did this year is I looked at all the pictures and I said, who has eaten the most pimento cheese sandwiches in their lifetime? (laughs) Two guys come to mind right off the get-go. Favorite, Bryson DeChambeau. In his picture, the camera adds about 50 pounds. Well, the camera adds about 70 pounds in this picture. Bryson DeChambeau is my favorite. I'm not sure who this other guy is. But he's just got that look, and he's got that hairstyle. He's got a mullet, by the way, where it says, "Hey, can you add a little extra cheese on my pimento cheese sandwich?" I'm taking Cameron Smith. Not sure if that's an uh, underdog or a favorite, but he looks like the guy can down some pimento cheese sandwiches.
2: Jacksonville resident, by the way, from Australia, who finished second last year at the Masters. So oh, mate. that's a big, pick. that's a good pick. Oh, I, I still think it fits. Like that's a sleeper name. Okay. Um, you, I was gonna go Deschamps, and I never picked Deschamps, but you just did, so I'm gonna stay away, <laughs> and I'm gonna go with Justin Thomas, who won the Players' Championship. All right. So I'm going to pick Justin Thomas to win here and start off a huge year for him. Uh, and then I'm going to pick Daniel Berger as my sleeper. Daniel, burger. Not pimento cheese sandwich, okay. but a burger instead. I'm going to look him up right now see so he's, like, okay,
1: I, I'm sure he's, it looks like he's down a couple uh, pimento cheese sandwiches, <laughs> rocking that Carolina blue polo. I see it, Daniel.
2: Florida State guy, by the way. Live local ah. loud coming up next. We'll see you on TV tonight, CBS 47, Fox 30. It was a tough day for me, folks, but we are alive at Osprey Cove Golf Club, part of the Dream 18 card discounted golf 69 bucks during masters week go to espn690.com to purchase it thanks to everybody here at osprey cove come up and play it's public afternoon time austin thanks for carrying the show today Ah, no man we always carry together let's go we'll do it again tomorrow at three have a good night everybody for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger